0: People up
1: there, they me all right it's time for another root issues podcast and wow we've got the old crew here not like the old people i mean steve and i might be old but the
2: OGs. yeah we yeah. got the we got the, <laughs> we got
1: the regulars here so i'm chris and i'm in the booth today with luke hello and Alyssa. i'm back welcome back and steve yeah. and baby Dave. And baby yeah. Dave. Super yeah. Dave. Like and so, yeah. Yeah. And so, we're super excited because as we've been kind of chatting about the message that Steve brought on Sunday from Lessons from the Kings, understanding our freedom and our responsibility, man, we are junk, jumping into the life of Hezekiah and his rule as king. And just like we've got three main lessons. But before we get there, man, Steve dropped a new word, an invented word, a word that he. You know, crafted together. You know, and this word is "gospelify." Sure, you know, as best as we can say it. Yeah. You know, and so we're going to throw out like what our definition is of this new word and how he was coining it. And so, Luke, you throw out your definition.
2: Ooh. Um, well, gospel obviously meaning good news. I think it's gospel when you hear it these days, and I think how most people see it is gospel is the means by which. We receive salvation, mm-hmm. and that is perceived as okay. I'm going to go to heaven. I have eternal life. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think gospelify kind of puts a little, adds that perceived notion of applying the good news to the everyday, to mm-hmm. now, not into the future me when I have to worry about dying or any of that. It's like applying it now into my everyday, into everyday situations um, in every moment of life. So. I think it's a it's a cool word.
1: All right. Alyssa, how did yeah. you define it as you were listening to Well, mine to would
3: totally go off of that. I think of it like I want to, like, gospelify my kids, yeah. kind of. Oh. I look at it as a way to like explain that. things uh, to them or explain, you know, like, why things happen. You mm-hmm. know, it's easy to be like, well, yes, you did that, and you might be confused why you did that. You're trying to be good, but we can't all just try to be good all the time, like, you know, sins in the world and we're going to mess up. Um So I think it's like a better, softer way almost to just approach things with like, well, of course, and here's what we can do about it kind yeah. of a thing instead of like condemning or, you know, being harsh with yourself. Yeah. I think it's just a reminder of God's love for yeah. us and okay. what he did for us. Because of that love.
1: Awesome. Love it. All right. So my definition was, you know, kind of multitasking, but it's like whatever you are struggling with, the gospel is enough. Gospelify. Apply the gospel to the problem, the struggle. Yeah. It's the answer to all things. Yeah. And I think so many times, like for me, especially like I fall back on my own abilities, like, oh, I can do that. I can fix that. You know, instead of saying, Hey, God, can you help me come fix this? Hey, God, can you give me mm-hmm. guidance? Can you give me direction? You know, if I'm struggling in a, a pattern of thinking or a, a pattern of laziness, like I need to gospelify it and become more motivated in what I'm yeah. doing each day because what he's done for me, which means I'm living in the kingdom of heaven now, mm-hmm. not waiting till I die so that I can enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I kind of see it as like, you know, Kind of like you know, one of those like you know, for nineteen ninety nine you can get two, not just one, but two orders of gospelify to apply to every situation. Yes. You got a carpet stain you can't get out? That wine that your neighbor spilled because they had one too many? Gospelify it, you know. And so, oh. yeah, I see it as like this, you know, just way of looking at life through the lens of God.
3: Yes. Not right. as an excuse, not as a condemnation, no, 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 but no, as, yeah. like, empowerment.
1: Empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. So now, Steve, oh you've heard our God. three definitions. Yeah. What is your definition of this new word? And we're yeah. going to have stickers for it in a couple of
0: weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think those are all great, all part of it. I, uh, when we look at Hezekiah in this series, uh, we've been trying to bring, like, three key lessons from each of these kings we've looked at through this series. Um, the three words, uh, you know, he starts out, and so why I came up with the word was I needed something to kind of, I didn't need it, but I, you know, something along with sanctify and unify, um, the importance of those, what we see in Hezekiah did for the kingdom. So gospelify. Uh, the main in essence, and you've all have brought that out, would just be a restoration, right, mm-hmm. of uh, the fullness of the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. It's a gospel of the kingdom, a kingdom perspective on the gospel, which is you all have already said is we look at everything. Mm-hmm and it's, it's about the reign and rule of God in heaven and on earth and our process of bringing, gospelifying, in other words, bringing the gospel, the full gospel to bear in all situations. Uh, and this is the kingdom, it's a kingdom perspective, most of us. So in yeah. contrast to that, when we look at kind of Hezekiah to teach us today, is we've just got this thing so small, a lot of us have grown up where Uh, all we hear about is the forgiveness of sins and getting to heaven those are just certain key aspects obviously of the gospel but um, there's so much more there to the reigning, and ruling of god and the reason why he's forgiven us is to pursue intimacy with Him and holiness, becoming like conformed yeah. to His image, um, and so uh, that that's the 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 word to kind of put it in a verb format format to, mm-hmm. uh, and I love that Alyssa says, yeah, we should be gospelifying our kids. We as yes. as leaders in the church, we should be gospelifying that. Is, you know, you can almost take it as another term for discipleship, yeah, yeah. The fullness of the kingdom right mm-hmm. um, upon ourselves, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. It's like another part of building that little conscious voice in there, mm-hmm. you know. In yeah. their, that's going to be speaking to them yeah. in their decisions. Good ideas, trouble ideas. And when you make a trouble idea, how do you tone for that? You know, what do mm. you do to get yeah. over it without it affecting, you know, understanding your identity is in Christ, not yeah. in yeah. your choices or, you know, what you're doing. Yeah, the kingdom mindset is so important in parenting right now because I think where before you could kind of dabble, the world was with you, you know, like... Yeah. Everybody was kind of working towards that. It's like the complete opposite now. So you really have to keep telling yourself, like, ignore that. Ignore the physical, what's going on here. You know, think really about the heavenly, uh, spiritual realm and like heavenly heavenly places. But with that, I liked when you were talking about um, Hezekiah telling people not to go to the high places anymore Mm -hmm. and worship in there, you know, and bringing it back to like the just physical simplifying kind of a thing. Um, So I just think applying that to what we can do right now Mm -hmm. in moving away from like sensational, you know, the feeling type stuff that's so big. Would that be considered kind of our Mm -hmm. high place, I guess?
0: Sure could be. I I, I think one of the unique things about Hezekiah of, there's several of the Kings who tore down the high places, but they keep, being built up again, right. Right? those idols keep building no nothing yeah. new under the sun right mm-hmm. today we tear something down, and man the world wants to build it back up again. What was unique about Hezekiah was he not only tore down all the pagan high places, but he tore down the high places that were set up by God's people to worship Yahweh. Yeah, I was referring to. And he brought unity. No, no, no. That's corrupting uh, worship. And he brought a sense of unity and brought and restored. He cleaned out the temple, Mm -hmm. restored worship centrality and simplicity of worship back to God's commands at the temple. Um, and so I, I just, I, I mean, there's so many things here, but the, the one I think that's helpful for us may practically is there's this unique connection between sanctification. In other words, becoming mm-hmm. holy, becoming mm-hmm. like God and simplification is most of the time in our lives um, when we want real change and we want room for God, yes. we need to sim- we need to clean the house out, yeah. right? I mean, just from a practical standpoint. Yeah in our own house, our soul, our body, we need a clean house just like he did with the temple. So there's space for God to come in and sanctify and and raise up again the important things back to the basics as such to what God has called us to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really love love those points, you know, because I was kind of like, you know, like, what are our idols? What are my own personal items and idols that I use to, like, you know, feel close to God and process God and Mm -hmm. have I overcomplicated it? And then, you know, when I look at, like, you know, if I'm discipling and speaking into people, Mm -hmm. do I have high places that I'm directing them to that they can't even reach? Not because... (sighs) They're not, like, sanctified mm-hmm. or anything, but just because it's just something that I do. And then what is the simplification of mm-hmm. how do you approach God, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, it is, a, it's like an inventory list of, like, okay, what are my idols? I mean, you know, not to pick on matey, but, you know, like, <laughs> when we talk about, like, you know, Christmas Eve service, she's like, okay, so we're going to have silent night. We're going to have candles. We're going to dim the lights. Like, no, we're not having candles, you know, yeah. you know, because that was something that was so ingrained in her childhood Christmas Eve service, got the candles. And not to throw away tradition, but to ask the yourself is it an idol?
3: Well, or a distraction. Well, or but
0: or you bring up a good point, right? Historically, what, um, mm-hmm. what, Hezekiah was willing to do was to tear down man's tradition. Right? Yeah. And throughout history, anytime revival takes place, just like the Reformation or anything, it, yeah. is, a re, a, a, it is a challenge, a cleaning, right, a simplifying yeah. back to the what has God commanded us mm-hmm. to do. Let's yeah. get back to the commands, back to God's heart because we have a tendency to build up high places, quote, mm-hmm. um, yeah. things that might start looking good, but mm-hmm. they turn into an idol or they turn into even false worship so in this context remember it was he tore the um the neshutin which was the yeah. they still had the the bronze serpent right that they moses yeah. made to hold oh, up that's right that the yeah. israelites looked at to uh to be saved from the the plague of the snakes uh but it had turned not it had turned from a symbol of god's great deliverance yep. into an actual idol of yeah. worship right mm-hmm. and there's and that's what man's traditions can do oftentimes mm-hmm. in the yeah chapter.
2: I love the imagery. I mean, we're kind of talking about like this cluttered Christianity. Yeah. And when Jesus was on the cross and the, the veil tore in half. Yes. It's almost a symbol of there was this tradition and these, you know, ways of doing things that had to be done that were not very easy to understand and sometimes complex to now the veil is open. You can walk straight to God like there's the relationship. Right. And so, like, I guess in modern Christianity, we obviously understand that, but we humans do, do love adding and, you know, making their own way of doing things. So what are the things that... <clears throat> we have in our culture and maybe even you know in in our church that are making things more complex or cluttered than they need to be you think um
0: that's a fantastic question uh you know really since COVID, uh i think i shared this on sunday as elders we've been sitting back and just listening to the lord <clears throat> what do we need to you know how can we simplify and that we keep coming back to simplification and um so we have tried to and continue to try to make sure there are not any, um, quote, let's use that word, high places set up or man's mm. traditions that we're holding on to without evaluation. Um, you know, everything we evaluate, how we do communion, you know, we mm-hmm. restore communion because we think it's vital, right, yeah. to um, uh, to worship uh, and, and that would be a that's a whole another story, but that would be very unique to especially now with Josiah coming next this week is he restored Passover right, which yeah. was another was just like for the church, right a lot of churches you can go for year and never take communion mm-hmm. uh that's that that's kind of far from jesus implication mm-hmm. of what was to be done yeah however even if you do it every week it can become just ritual, ritual. is it really uh is a restoration um so i think uh, this is the idea of constantly reforming always going back to the scripture lord are we on target here and being willing to cleanse anything that is not directly connected to um, god's word so for us what we shared about um where we're headed is we uh, Uh, the simplification of back to God's commands. We're going to do two things. Um, Well, in in the sense of calling our people to this trajectory of becoming fully uh, mature followers of Christ um, and a healthy church is to uh, gather together, as Hebrews 10 says on Sunday. Second, we're going to have groups so we can grow deeper together, and we're going to do discipleship care at out of the Great Commission. Yeah. That is it. And we're going to do those extremely well. And for people who are members who are part of this, is that's all we're calling people. We're not going to adopt any programs. We're going to utilize great tools out there, right, mm-hmm. in those. But we're about those things, about yeah. being the simplicity of what we see in the book of Acts taking place, yeah. right? We're not going to add to that. We're going to do those well. And after that, maybe the Spirit will lead us to something, but we'll do those extremely well.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: I mean, and that kind of starts tying us into lesson 26, you know, in times of spiritual and political uncertainty, it is crucial, critical that the church unifies around the biblical imperatives of God's word so it can stand in the midst of attacks from within and from without. And so when we look at that, it's like, you know, like, you know, like. I think most people would agree. Yeah, we're kind of in this uncertainty right now. There's a lot of things on the balance, and we're not real Mm -hmm. sure where it's going to go. You know, larger corporations are pulling back because they're, you know, sensing that there will be a great drop in the market, drop in the value of the dollar and such. And so that can create uncertainty. And so when we talk about, like, how do we unify as a body? you know, around maybe just the word gospelify. you know, like how do we unify around that so that we are protected from the outside and protected from within? Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Well, I want to talk about it just yeah. in respect to back to school yes. in families, because, you know, kids are being sent back out again into public education. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I think there is an element of needing a strong, um, you know, feel for like who you are Mm -hmm. as the Schmitzes or, you know, as the Henderson's Mm -hmm. and then what your kids can expect within that. And then how they're expected to act outside of that and being Christians. But I think family traditions are really important in that. You have to have certain things that you do that your family did, you you know, like Carson's family or my family that I'm bringing into here so that they kind of feel those rhythms of, Mm -hmm. you know, the seasons and of the times. And we do this, because we are Christians, yeah. you know, whether it be doing communion or praying before meals or eating together and, you know, talking mm-hmm. about ways you saw God move through the day or using, yeah. you know, a devotional book that's age appropriate for the kids to get them talking, you know, about things yeah. that you can then gospelify, apply the gospel to and help them understand these truths and values. Um, And it's important. And I think as a young family, we need discipleship from Older parents, what did that look like, you know, for them in doing it? So I love that that is part of the simplifying. It's like in-person yeah. communication and relationship, talking mm-hmm. to each other.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, Alyssa, what's so great here is this idea of unity is what you're saying is it's one thing to do that as my own family. It's a whole nother level of strength when we unify with other families. Yes. And that's yeah. what you and Chris are doing so well with the family ministry. Right of calling families together. We gotta lock arms yeah. right around the truth of God with great yeah. expectation to encourage and pray each other in community. That's the power yes. of the body of Christ. Yeah. Versus me just huddling up, you no. know, thinking I can just do this with my own family. And the yeah. value of our children hearing from other godly men and women mm-hmm. is just huge, right? Yeah. In this process. Well, and
3: so. I think the distractions are more highlighted. You know, like when you're in community and you're talking to another mom or another, yeah. you know, couple. Um, they might say something or point something out that makes you reevaluate, re- oh, well, is that becoming a distraction in our yeah. lives? Yeah. So.
1: No, I mean, it's like even the Hendersons tonight, you know, it's Tuesday, it's the E. Yeah, school
3: starts school tomorrow. Wednesday. school starting on Wednesday.
1: And, you know, and so Elaine was just kind of like pondering through the summer and, you know, habits that were picked up, things yep. that are oh, negative, yeah. you know, and like, you know, we need to hit the, you know, we need to hit, like you know address these things and so Mm -hmm. i was like okay so tuesday night we'll have family meeting okay we'll reinitiate family meeting on tuesday night because there won't be any sports samuel's playing jv football so he's booked on monday but we'll eat dinner when he gets done with practice and then we'll have our family meeting and then you know i'm like you know i've got a long list of things i need to cover but i also want to just give them a lot of praise and then it just kind of hit me this morning just kind of staring at our family mission statement that you know we've got eight main points and so each month we're going to focus on a point That's and great. then just rotate it and then see how it expands like you know you know point one is you know God is first and final in the Henderson's life and so we're going to talk about like how, how have we seen that God is first and final you know over this last time and then we'll hit it in eight months and see how it grows to give us some structure but mainly like give them a voice mm-hmm. let them know what we're doing you know gather and pray For the school year,
0: yeah, because the principle here is without unity, it falls. We have to have unity. True for a family, it's true for a church, true for a nation, Mm -hmm. right? And so, Hezekiah, right? If it wasn't for his unifying around temple worship, calling the people back Mm -hmm. to simplicity and unity. When the Rapshaka, right, and the Tartan and the saras you know, these, Oof. you know, I mean, man, you know, when the Syriac army came to them, mm-hmm. right, they, uh, who were trying to divide the people, yeah. right, scare the people from within, right, mm-hmm. and without, they wouldn't have been able to stand, right, yeah. Yeah. if they weren't. We're that, so that, on, that like, the
3: universe. precipice of it right now, because summer's over, you know, it's such a great reset time for people to get back into routines, mm-hmm. seasons are going to change, you know, because it's stuff's coming we're heading back into cold and flu sickness you know so use this fall to yeah we're going back to one service reconnect with people it's really good yeah Yeah.
2: i think what we're talking about here is like spiritual maturity yeah because it's that environment of like you said making disciples that make more disciples Mm -hmm. and there's the more I talk to people, the more I realize I like the term noob Christian. Noob Christian, yeah. <laughs> and it's usually the people that were brought up in it but don't know anything about it, right? Yeah. And so they're mm-hmm. so easily swayed or torn to something else. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, the, 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 the solution to that is community and being in the body of Christ and being in an environment where truth is being spoken and prayed into you and you're surrounded by people that actually live it and don't just, you know, claim it. So mm, that's um, that cool. Well,
1: let, let's talk about, like, you know, where are you at, like, with young adults? How do y'all unify, and how do y'all find unity in y'all's busier-than-crazy schedules and just moving all the time? Like, where are you finding unity within your peer group?
2: Uh, group chats. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Chat, <laughs> Discord text, yeah. Um. Snapchat. <laughs> unity. Well, so, I think, I mean, I can't speak for... My entire generation because no. I have a d- pretty different upbringing from everyone else. And no, I'm just talking
1: to you personally. Okay. Where are you getting unification?
2: Yeah. It's it's the discipline of making sure you surround yourself mm-hmm. with like-minded people. And when you're not around like-minded people, keeping in mind why you think you've been placed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think like coming here is one of those times where I'm like, I'm going to go because I know this is, you know, good for me to be around people mm-hmm. that are way more mature than me, no more than me. And I also go to youth groups where I'm way older than everyone else there. Right. Yeah. But I'm there not to, I mean, I, I still learn a lot. right? Yeah. Oh, um, well, always, yeah. And it's so all aspect of, you know, when you teach, you learn the most, but just being around people that can also look up to you. So kind of being on both ends of the spectrum of yeah. teaching, learning, um, and just trying to live a lifestyle that, you know, builds that up and, um, encourages that. And then, just having friends that have the same goals of, yeah, kingdom building. Mm-hmm. And it's so mm-hmm. more much more fun, like, to do it with people yeah. that are wanting and passionate about doing it as well. Yeah. And it's been hard to find people like that. But once you find them, you just got to hold on to them, make sure yeah. you don't, you know, let go or lose communication. So mm-hmm. I'd, say, I'd say that's hopefully that answers that question. Yeah, right?
1: no, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, just because, yeah, there's, there's community and groups in all the ages, you know, like, I mean, sometimes I think, you know, maybe a single person or maybe an older single person might hear you and me and Steve talk about family mm. and then feel like, well, I'll have that someday when I have family, Yeah, you know, and not yeah. to put it off, but to seek to unify with people yep. and to seek to be engaged in people that do have the same common beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. All right, lesson 27. Well, okay, sorry, but on that
3: point, I think it's really important and healthy as a a Christian woman specifically to diversify Mm -hmm. and make sure that I am spending time with young singles, you know, older women. Um, I don't think that it might feel safer or more comfortable to just hang out with other moms, Yeah, but there's no room for, like, True discipleship in that. I don't... I mean, there's... It's wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And just humility in hearing about other people's situations. Like Joy um, Nyer, she's been teaching downstairs a lot on Sundays, and she never had children. But she has such a gift for being with kids. That's awesome. And just looking at her... You know, like talk to Dave or hold Dave. It brings such a different appreciation to my world. Yes, to see someone like that who would have liked to have kids, but wasn't. You know, that just wasn't in God's plan for her. Yeah, and so it just enriches my experience even more. You know, to Mm -hmm. have her connection with me. Fantastic. Really appreciate that. Diversify,
1: diversify.
3: Yeah, it's it's good. It's good.
1: Yeah. And so like lesson 27, it, it brings us into in times of spiritual and political uncertainty, the church body must regain its faith and trust in the power of the gospel of the kingdom to save, heal and transform to make sure it's not compromised with worldly options and opinions. So anybody wanna pick up on well, that and step I, uh, on some toes?
3: Loved yeah. Second Timothy three, yeah. one through five. Yes. I was like, Yeah, I don't want to be any of those things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> the like people who'll be lovers of self, lovers <laughs> of money.
0: Yeah, and and I think things. the shocking thing of that Second Peter and uh the first Peter passage mm. chapter three as well is that the Bible makes it clear that when the end comes, it's actually going to be the apostasy in the church, mm-hmm. right, is going to increase. That's going to be a major sign, right, that we're moving towards the real, you know, the, the final, final end times. And uh, and that's why I think this is so important. Uh, it's just, again, the, applying the gospel, gospelifying, or applying the gospel of the kingdom, the mm-hmm. fullness of that. Uh, and holding on to that. So Hezekiah ends, you know, his great run ends, you know, again with this story for us. Like, whoa, you know, he, uh, um, God tests him in Second yeah. Chronicles, right? It, it gives this, uh, in chapter 32, Second uh, Kings 18 through 20 is the, the King's version. Second Chronicles 32, 31, verse 31 is this crazy verse, right, that yeah. has a lot in it to, to think about. It says that God left him alone to test his heart and that's in this you know hezekiah been healed uh miraculously 15 extra years shadow moved back some amazing things some uh, some incredible victories political victories everything else um and then what happens here is the an envoy comes from this faraway country the new kingdom (laughs) rising right which is babylon uh, and they came second chronicles shows us why they came first king our second kings tells us that because um, they heard he was sick yeah. well the real behind the scenes story is because they heard he was miraculously there was a, a sign a mighty sign that mm-hmm. went along with his healing and they came asking about that well um what the test here was that uh, god wants to see right our heart always and Instead of we see nothing there at all of Hezekiah giving glory to God for his miraculous healing. What we see is Hezekiah being puffed up and Mm -hmm. showing his great kingdom, all of his mighty riches. and This is why Isaiah comes and says, hey, what did you show them? Where would they come? And he says, because of this, the kingdom will be ripped away. uh, um, Which is, again, a harsh ending to a great run in this. Uh, But it brings back to us this idea of, wow. Um, God leaving him alone to test his heart. So uh, all through the Bible, right, God ultimately wants to know our heart. Yeah, he he The intentions, the thoughts of our heart, he knows. And that's where we should be operating, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's discipleship or anything, our encouragement is, man, where is my heart on yeah. this, right? Ultimately with the Lord, that's the real test of, of faith. And this is why God allows tests, trials, suffering, all the above, yeah. is to uh, make us, that we had learned to be conformed to the image of a son. Faith mm-hmm. would rise and that our heart would be fully gospel shall we yeah. say, in the mm-hmm. sense of the kingdom of God is our greatest um, pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the things of the world. Yeah. Right? No.
3: Beat down that self-love and, the prou- and that yeah. pride.
0: Yeah. And that's powerful language. God leave him alone. What's going on here? Well, I think you were saying earlier, sometimes, you know, I think everybody has a feeling, like, God, where are you Yeah. Yes. in this thing? Are we going to, in those times of suffering, uncertainty, everything else, are we going to make a stand? Lord, I trust mm-hmm. you. I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to gospelify this situation. Yes. I'm going to make a stand for your
2: kingdom, um,
0: regardless of my circumstances, mm-hmm. and trust you, right, for the circumstances. Yeah
2: you think that parallels again back to when Jesus is on the cross saying, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken Ooh, me"? Beautiful, Luke. Way yeah. to go. Yeah. Hey,
0: powerful, yeah. right? I mean, powerful, right? What? what it, well, that's the ultimate of ultimate. Only Jesus could make that test, right? Yeah. And God left him alone. Mm-hmm. He had to, right? Because, mm-hmm. and that raises all kinds of questions, right? Because he yeah. thrust all the wrath that was due us on right. him mm-hmm. in that moment, right? Um, so yeah, that's that's the deepest of all waters of. Uh, so, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's where it all goes. That is the got, That is the essence of the gospel. Yeah.
2: And I feel like we keep coming back to pride and humility and, like, the contrast between those two and how yeah. the, the gospel and the gospelify life has no room for pride. Exactly. And yeah. the world really, you know, that's all it promotes. All about so it. So you can be prideful mm-hmm. about yeah. And
0: an the promise, in right? Life. He says, look, I'm opposed to the prideful, but yeah. I'll give grace to the humble. Mm-hmm. Humble yourself before yeah. me. And I will exalt you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it could yeah. be any clearer. But man, that pride—it it, uh, it takes trials, it takes life experience, it takes being put into suffering, and all kinds of other things to really test my heart. Yeah. Right. I mean, we can say we love God all we want. It's not to Wilpert to test whether we truly stand with Him. Yeah you know, and love him right in that situation and and where faith is tested. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's been such a cycle
1: through the lessons for the kings of, you know, pride versus humility, like, you know, the kingdom's thriving and things are going well when there's humility and then there's a sovereign king who's laying down his sovereignty to put it in God's hands. But then, you know, the pride gets in, like, look at what I've done. Look at what I've built. Like, no doubt, like Hezekiah was a smart man. Operating from the wisdom of God, saying, like, okay, here's our problem. We're not unified. We must unify. We must simplify. We must go back to the ways that we were called to go. But then, you know, in that prosperity, then the pride comes and it's the fall. So now, like, when we look at that, like, you know, like God withdrew himself, hid himself from Hezekiah. Like, I mean, you know, there may be people out there who are listening, like, but I was always taught, like, you know, God will never leave me or forsake me. So how do we process that?
0: yeah i mean that's a promise obviously if the spirit has sealed you but that um that 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 it doesn't always feel like yeah right i mean in whether it's old testament or new testament right is is what you just brought up jesus himself Mm -hmm. right i mean this is the trinity there's nothing more unified and intimate and tight than the trinity itself and jesus is there saying my god have you ever said right so let's just take that down to our level right mm-hmm. though god promises i'll never leave or sake you is man a lot of times in life when it comes to deep deep suffering and trials is god where are you yeah. and we see in the old testament we see the saints crying we all look at read the psalms god yeah. why are you lying where are you god yeah. right? um and so uh this is this is where faith comes in
3: well, yeah. yeah, yeah and I think my confidence, so that's a difference. It's not pride. Mm-hmm. Conf, like yeah. I want my kids to be confident. I want to be confident. confident. Comes in, in those sorrowful, like alone times, yeah. remembering what he has done. And coming back to, like, mm-hmm. what are things I am grateful for and thankful yeah. for that he has already redeemed. Yeah. And then that refills my hope and faith yeah. in that future-ending mm-hmm. kingdom, the garden, instead of just the beauty of, like, one flower. Yeah. There's more to come. Yeah, yeah. And that's great.
2: the beauty of, you know, my God, my God, who forsaken me. It's a direct quote from Psalm 22, right? And yeah. It's, you know, this prophecy that is fulfilled so perfectly when you read it, mm-hmm. just— thousand years before <laughs> the actual event happened mm-hmm. and the end of that chapter is the victory right mm-hmm. of you know i am i have overcome it so i mean i'm still struggling with okay god says my god my have you forsaken me i feel like there's a debate i don't know if, like there's an answer to it but like okay do you actually leave him is an mm-hmm. absence real right. or is it more of jesus humility or humanness just like coming out you mm-hmm. know right. um so it's, it's very interesting to talk about, but it's amazing to research. And we do have that promise that he will never forsake us. So even if he did forsake Jesus, maybe he had to forsake Jesus so we wouldn't have to be forsaken. Yeah, I, oh, I
0: think at yeah. one level, as you brought it out, is God can't yeah. forsake God, right? No. Uh, but his humanity
2: mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm.
0: that was dependent on the Holy Spirit, because he is the God-man, right? Yeah. The hypostatic union of fully God, fully man. Is that there was obviously in his humanity the perfect human who lived sinless. There was definitely separate uh, a feeling right of yeah. that, uh, and and had to be that separation right. So God can't be fragmented. We mm-hmm. can hold on that truth absolutely. Right? Uh, but oh, but at the same time, Jesus was fully human, so there was a sense of right of God's you know, feeling yeah. at least on his part yeah. that God forsook him. But yeah. that is deep water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is deep, deep water. I, I
1: tend to stay in the shallow end because whenever I'm feeling that presence, you know, the question that's always popped into my head, and it could be the wrong question, but it's always like, you know, like whenever I'm like, you know, God, where are you? I I've I've reflected back to me like, where am I? Like, you know, where am I in my relationship with God? Am I depending on God? Am I calling on God? Am I you know bathing in his word am i bathing in prayer you know like you know like you know maybe you know because i've always hung on like you know he will never forsake or leave me but did i have the power to leave his presence to leave my dependence on him to pick it up myself out of my own gifting and out of my own talents
2: you know yeah. i mean seek me and you will find me right i think you yeah. go the other way around too. Yeah. leave me and you know you're gonna walk away from me yeah. i mean not gonna yeah force you yeah
1: all right, anybody else got any last minute knots?
2: No? All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning
1: into this Root Issues podcast. And if you were wondering, like com. okay, you can go there. That is Steve's blog site. And he has detailed notes with scriptures, references, the key lessons, all through the lessons of the Kings. And I hope he continues that. There's for, a link in the weekly directory yes, to it link there's a week in the root issues podcast email but yeah check that out because if he's going to continue that through our new series in ephesians it's just it's awesome you know it's awesome just to have those i've been pulling on those and it takes me deeper and helps me reflect back and you can even pull them up and cut and paste and copy them and have them before he teaches on sunday and you can just work from that but if you need to reach out and touch us we can be reached at rootissues at ccasman.com thanks so much for tuning in have a blessed week And until next time, Gosplify. I
0: need to get below the surface. People up there, they get.